the number one Premier League podcast in the world. By some metrics. What metrics? Yeah, that's me. The most You're probably wondering analysis. how I ended up in Goals, this situation. passes, other things. Bang! The funniest jokes. Boing! So this one time... <laughs> Loved by all the critics. Oh! It's all right, isn't it? Come on in to Prendel the Prem. Welcome back. Prendel Prem. Two pods in two weeks. What's up? How you like me now, Patrick? How you feeling? I'm feeling good. Yeah, I wasn't sure if um, you wanted me to come in there, but I'm glad I paused. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, oh, Pat's not going to jump in. What's the next thing that comes to mind? It was perfect. <laughs> for those, uh, so, yeah, Patrick, I'll just I'll do your intro, too. Don't worry. I'll do everything. Uh, <laughs> for those keeping score at home, we recorded a season preview after match week one, released it on the eve of match week three. Today, we're giving ourselves the chance for three knee-jerk amendments and a double down. Mm-hmm. That's how Prem Prem does. Yeah. And let it be known, we're not changing our actual predictions. This is a alternative universe uh, in which we were cowards and we were allowed to make right. our list over again after collecting information. Love that. Love that. Yeah, it's uh, it's with the hindsight of one and a half weeks in a 38-match season. What would we already change? <laughs> Quite a bit, if we're honest. <laughs> yeah, three was Limit- tough. Yeah, three, three was, was tough. very tough. Three was tough. Uh, the um, double down, not so, not so much. There's a few in I- there that I still like. Yeah, I did want to make it known too that the double down is not sponsored by KFC. No free ads. If if unless if, yeah, I was gonna say if they'll return our calls, we'll talk. <laughs> I will a hundred percent do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing stopping you. Cut that. <laughs> All right, Patrick. I mean, we can just kick it off. Um, I'll probably I'll probably throw up our um, our original one through twenty listings next to each other, just so folks at home can track, make their own list as well. Do you want to kick it off? First take you would have changed from your from your table. And I'm looking at this, James, through the lens of how I was the most wrong already. That's how I'm looking at it in terms of my ordering <laughs> of what I'm talking about. And Everton anywhere other than the relegation zone is, is just a crime against humanity. Uh, the only team so far not to have scored, James, and not just that, they look worse than that. They look like they have no business in this league. I really thought Sean Dyche was going to get them sorted this season. You I did. Was, I, I, was, I was big on him, but I think the club and its ambitions might be a little too big for that style of play. There just doesn't seem to be that connection early on. And I look at this team, man, it's just they're, they're not good. I mean, a home loss to Wolves on a late goal um dominated in maybe not dominated in possession but they lost possession against wolves at home and yeah. it's just a is an ugly looking side like who's the i mean their 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 midfield 3 is really the only thing that i think is you know s- strong somewhat primarily quality right. yeah yeah i was i was i wasn't going to be that disrespectful james but that's what i was thinking and trying to figure out a way to say it in a different yeah. way but Adrissi Gay uh Decorio and Onana that's a that's a midfield three that I really thought was going to vibe with the physicality that a dice side would bring, but man, they got it, they got nothing. It feels like a relegation season is a combination of poor quality and bad luck, and I do think they've been both of those already. They do look awful, but I will say the the fashion in which they've lost their home games has been like from a shot and fraud aspect pretty amazing. 
because it's like Neil Mope alone, nine shots. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I think I don't know if you saw the Jose Saw save. Like to me, yeah. that's to me that's already uh, save the season contender um, firmly in that camp. So it's not like they didn't get a sniff of goal, which is tough considering the striking options they have up front. Calvert Lewin apparently out with like a jaw or cheekbone issue. Um, so respect for him for it not even being the same injury that's keeping him out. Yeah, he's getting creative this year. It's it's a tough look. It's a tough look over in Goodison, Patrick. It's real bad, man. And yeah, I think the yeah you, you nailed it. If these if these losses were on the road, I look a little bit the other way. But they had two you know close losses at home, and then got clattered away. It's to the point where I'm looking. They're playing. Um, Sheffield United, 4.30 this weekend. I'm sure everyone's going to be getting up for that one. <laughs> and I'm almost looking at this game like if they don't get points out of this, yeah, they're going down four weeks in. Like, that's how bad they look to me. I had oh, them at okay. 15th, and so that's what I would change first off, get them down there. Right. You at had least, them in 18th, which I think spaces. is... Yeah, yeah, I would... No, I'd put them into the relegation zone. I think I'd get them down to 18, where you have them at the very, very least. Uh, I, I do think there's more to the table here, but man, they look horrible. My, okay, so no Pat, goals. Yeah, Patrick, I, it's it's not it's not great um, podcasting in terms of like sticking to a, a schedule and an order. But you covered all my points. Like, let's get my double down out of the way right now. Oh yeah, you're gonna nail them. Yeah, yeah. Let's no, Everton, it. Everton in 18th. I'm doing it. And the reason why I bring it up now is um, you mentioned like I don't know who these other teams are that fall around them. They're only saving grace to me, would be if Sheffield United, Luton, and Nottingham Forest are all worse. Yeah. There's other teams that are also bad. That's For, fair. Like Forest, you know, with the benefit of watching them pretty closely uh, <laughs> at Old Trafford, they're, they're, they're bad, bad. Yeah. Like, they're also pretty, pretty stinky. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then Luton, let's see them at home. It's uh, let's just see him at home. I can't wait. I really can't wait. Yeah. When are they, are they, they're, I guess, it seems like they'll be allowed to play West Ham this Friday. It's still on the schedule. Not it's postponed. on the schedule. It's on the schedule. Luton West Ham, Kenilworth, okay. Kenilworth opening. Yeah, Patrick. Um, last point on Everton. I love that if you can't celebrate a goal, the Goodison Park faithful are going to go just as hard with a hearty boo. <laughs> it's that uh, verbal meme. It's that like seagull that cranks its head back and just go fucking boo. <laughs> They're going so so loud. Match week three. They know it's they know it's dire straits. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Do, do you think? Um, how long do you think they ride with 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 Deitch? Do you think he's 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 hot seat yet? I think he's gotta be, but I also think what's working in his favor is there's no illusion that he's only a uh, he's only collateral. Like he mm-hmm. he's he's a product of the of the bigger right. issues at the club, and he might I think, have the grit for the relegation battle. Uh, I think he deserves respect, yeah, in terms of what he's able to do with a relegation-threatened team. But if, you know, Graham Potter's agent starts working working his charm, um, that might end up being too much, uh, yeah. too hard to look away from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the name that I've been mulling over. I, I, I did entirely just steal it from our group yeah. chat. But, yeah, no, I mean, fine. it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> it's probably what, uh, after we saw what he was able to do at Chelsea, what Deserby's done at Brighton, Probably the appropriate level for him to try something out. Right. Potter, that is. Potter and a dice ball team trying to avoid relegation. How the mighty have fallen. 
<laughs> Free, don't even fire dice. Just bring them in. See what happens. Right. Make him number two. Yeah. Works for Newcastle sometimes. And the next week we'll try and fucking, I don't know, get out of the relegation zone. <laughs> oh, you I love, love that. that clip. I love it so much. <laughs> I love it so much. It's a good one. Oh. Okay, Patrick. <laughs> My take number one. And this is a bit of a come to Jesus mea culpa revisiting of my trip to England last weekend. I got to give Spurs their flowers. I'm a big Ange believer. Um, This isn't anything too drastic, but the way they've started the season, um, the way James Madison has embraced this kind of poster boy role, taking the number 10 jersey, the way Basuma just looks like a new signing Mm -hmm. after Conti just decided he didn't want to play him. Yeah. Uh, strange one. And uh, and their goalkeeper, too, actually looks really impressive. I, I thought they were going to have a bit of a fallow period trying to have someone come in with the same stature that early Lloris did, but they seem to have plugged these holes. The vibes are immaculate. Like, the goal celebrations. I don't know if you saw, but Madison is, like, moving the ball off the corner flag to mess with the Bournemouth fans. Mm-hmm. They just look like they're having so much fun. And I don't know what that means long term. I think there are still a lot of questions long-term, but I think it's enough for this season to put them back into Europe. So what I would have done is shift them from 8th to 7th. So that's a flip of Spurs and Aston Villa. I think Spurs are going to end up having a better season than Villa. And it's not even a commentary on Villa. It's it's just props to Spurs. Yeah, James, I'm also moving Spurs up. Um, yeah. You know, for this amendment, it's been, what, you know, four score and seven years ago since they got a trophy. I'm not moving them that high. <laughs> But what I am going to say is I think you're, you're nailed on. I, I, they're not getting into the top four positions. I think no. that they give me such a strong vibe that I think they're just playing so freely. And chalk it up to whatever you want, mm-hmm. right? You've mentioned a couple things. Uh, Big Ange coming in. I think the thing that is, is similar to uh, what Arsenal did, when uh, they brought in Arteta, they lifted the weight of expectations by yeah. selling Harry Kane. Uh, they've been in this period for a number of years where I think uh, they were probably better on paper than they finished in the table. They were trying to kind of make a jump that they couldn't quite make to satisfy Kane or to you know maximize his window or whatever. And they finally ripped the Band-Aid. They said, this is who we are. Let's reset. Let's build around something, new culture, new players, all this good stuff. And they're playing very, very free. Uh, they're going to have some downturn in form. It's a long season. Uh, if they get to a place where they're, they are competing for, let's say, Champions League place, uh, I do think that that's when maybe the inexperience and the quality within the side will show itself against the teams that they're competing against at that level. Um, but I think that they are they're doing what they should have been doing for a while. And I don't blame them necessarily for, for, for Harry Kane, but I think that they're... Uh, Mm-hmm. If their ambitions were a title, it was either go all in on supporting that with Harry Kane yeah. in the market, which they didn't do, or rip the Band-Aid and start a proper rebuild. Um, and they're, you know, they're, 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 I hate to say it, I don't like it, but they're, they're a fun team to watch. They, you, they're, they're playing good football. They seem to be having a good time. They're playing for each other. And yes, it's, uh, I mean, they, they won at Old Trafford. They won away at Bournemouth, uh, Bournemouth, Bournemouth, Bournemouth. Whatever, Carl. One of them's right. <laughs> Deal with it. I said the one you like. Um, and they have a relatively fa- favorable ska- schedule. They got um, Bur- 
Oh, they do have Burnmouth. No, Burnley, sorry. Uh, Burnley and Sheffield uh, before before North London Derby here a little bit later yeah. in, in September. So um, they that looks be... to be setting up nicely. Um, but yeah, I think that I, I per- certainly I had the same. We both had seven Villa, eight Tottenham. I'm pushing Tottenham ahead of them. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him compete and push on to the Newcastles, the Chelsea's uh, of the world, or right. whoever ends up sitting in those spots. So fair play to them. They're looking great. Right. Yeah. Just two things to add there. I think you know you touched on it really well with with the Harry Kane scenario. I think if their next two to three signings are successful, the the result of that would have them would have them presumably pushing for top four next season, which in turn would have me reflect on this past window and see that selling Kane is one of the shrewdest things that Levy and his board ended up doing. Because there was right. very much a world with all the sentiment wrapped up in it that he would stay. And your point about the weight of expectation on doing right by him would not, it, it just doesn't jive with uh, what, you know, Ang, Ang Postacoglu coming in and getting a fresh start. So, yeah. Yeah. No, very, 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 very good move. Very, very good move. So, uh, can't wait for them to get good again and then not spend to take it to the final level. Right, right, exactly. Uh, this is the history of the Tottenham. But <laughs> the last the last point I'll make is, uh, um, and again, I think like a lot of my analogies are just united because they're the team I followed the most closely. But people say vibes only get you so far, but they do get you kind of far to start. Like I, I think I, I associate this team with when Ollie came in after Mourinho left. Yeah. And... It was pure vibes, but it gets you a decent way if what before what came before was so rigid and austere. Because right. players are just like, oh, this is fun. I like what I do. I like playing football. I think I'm yep. going to try hard now. And at that point, you got to back the managers, the player, and the recruitment um, over the over the you know windows and years to come um, that they can take the step from vibes to something a little bit more serious, and then they've built that thing together, and that's where your camaraderie and your mm-hmm. uh, all, all, all that good stuff. Uh, can come from so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah okay uh patrick was that was spurs your second your second take theoretically yeah, probably yeah it was pretty close on two and three so yeah i'll go yeah that's probably my second one all right i just wanted to make sure it was one of them so we're, we're we're still going in turn but yes okay so my second one that i've got here is burnley maybe not as good <laughs> maybe not as good as i thought they were gonna be um trust me that's not even my most scathing um withdrawal that you'll hear today but they've only played two games because their third would have been the one against Luton that got postponed um cracker that would have been they only played two games but they've shipped six goals in total at home and what that tells me is that their playing style needs adjusting you know I think just from this small data sample I I as well as some other people got really excited about Vincent Company's playing style and being like the the basic like second tier version of pep city and that might just not fly in the premier league and what those six goals shipped in two games tells me is that they, maybe they need to adopt a bit more of a pra- pragmatic approach if you're a team that's not as technically good in the premier league you need to be hard to beat or, or you'll get punished and, and punished pretty pretty strongly so i think if i you know could do this all over again uh, I had them in 12th. I think they're going to survive, but I think they're more like a 15th, 16th, if I'm honest. Yep, James, absolutely. Um, 
Doesn't look great for me, but I had him a place higher than you did. I had him finishing in 11th. I was drinking the the company Kool-Aid, mm-hmm. how great they were in the championship. Uh, and I think you you nailed it, right? They just lack the bit of quality at this level, um, and they still seem to play with a you know a freedom and a, a kind of vibrancy is the wrong word, but a, a belief that they can play their football against other teams, and they're just getting smacked. Right. Um, right. To be fair, they played two teams that both of us rate as European contenders and title contenders, Man City and Villa. Um, but what I noted about this, James, you talk about vibes. Vibes can go both directions here. And let me just rattle off um, four of their next five games in the league. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they're home or away here, right? It's Tottenham, United, Newcastle, Chelsea. And then after that, they get Brentford, which is, you know. Jeez, and, they got a real know, murderer's road. That's a very, season, very yeah. tough opening for for both of us, James, they are playing one, two, three, four, five, six of our top eight uh, in that initial nine games uh, that they're meant to be playing. And yeah. so even if, let's say, we think that they are better and a mid-table or a upper half of the bottom half kind of a team, getting off to what you would expect to be a relatively bad start can impact the rest of your campaign, the confidence in the team, the fans, the energy around plays. I, you know, expect them to be in a relegation battle come mid-October simply because of the fixtures they have to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I was hoping for a little bit more, you know, tighter games. To be honest with you, um, and even you know, we'll see. Maybe the we, the, the Luton Town um, game being postponed. Maybe they would have gotten some points there. They got Nottingham Forest mixed in. Yeah, now you're really looking at that Forest fixture. Yeah, like, let's get yeah, some points like, on the board. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I still, I, I agree with you, James. I'm not bumping them to the, you know, full-on relegation no. team. But, you know, I wouldn't rule it out either, you know. But, yeah, 11 was probably a little ambitious for if, me. Uh, if they don't win against, or sorry, if they don't get a result against Forrest, there's a world where they could have a goose egg going towards Halloween. <laughs> so Right. Spooky season. Yeah, spooky season big time for Mr. Company. Uh all right, I've got I've got one left. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to go or no? Uh, take yours and then I'll do my double down. All right. This is my last one. It's not going to be a surprise to anybody. Bournemouth. They they just have to be lower. <laughs> they just have to be lower, guys. Lower than what, James? Lower than what? <laughs> Didn't we have a, an old segment you came up with called "Eating Crow"? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't. And here's the worst part. It's not even a reaction to their first three games. It's a reaction to my original reaction. Like the second I said it on the last podcast, I was like, Ugh. <laughs> "Well, your your logic wasn't that you you thought they'd be good. Your logic was you wanted to call your shot, and if it happened, you got to set. So you kind of even devalued your prediction in the sense that everybody yep. knew that you just predicted it, nope. so that if it happened, you'd look like a genius. Would you rather be more right less impressively, or only right once very impressively? I ask you that." I'm still working that one out, so let's just move forward. <laughs> Simple fact of the matter is, Patrick, they got to be lower. <laughs> it, um, I don't know. I, like, I'm talking like five spots lower. I think I got really wrapped up in this new coach, the son of a famous player who might not actually be that good. Um, looking at their first three games, it's tough start. It's a tough start. Liverpool, Spurs. Maybe before we knew what the Spurs team was, you thought maybe that's a chance to get a good result. But like I said, it's not even that I think they've had a particularly shocking start to their season. It's just 
we got to reevaluate what this team is. Yeah, and that's on me. And I'm trying to be better. And I promise you, I will continue to try to be better. I appreciate the effort, James. But if they finish tenth, you heard it here first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be fair, we're not changing the original predictions. No. Um, table stands. James, what I'm telling I, you, what I would have done. Yeah. Uh, what I'm going to be doubling down on here is Liverpool. I picked them to finish second. Uh, been a weird start for them. They've played more minutes with 10 men than they've played with 11. Um, they've gone away and gotten points at both Chelsea and Newcastle. Today's game um, was a real barometer shift in whether or not you'd be changing that take, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I think... Could have gone it, very differently, but yeah. It could have, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you were we were we were chatting before, and it's, it's one of these teams that there's few teams that you'd back to even pull something off like this. And Liverpool just so happened to be one of them. Uh, what they did was was fantastic. It shows that kind of championship medal that you lose Virgil Van Dyke at. You know, f- for my money, James, I think St James's Park is the is the toughest place to play in the league right now. I, I, yeah. I don't know that any place is is tougher. You'll you know I'm sure people will have their opinions about um, Anfield. You know. Anfield until you'll never walk alone finishes, <laughs> and then it's then it's fine. Then it's <laughs> then it's just whatever. Um, I think Brighton also had a very good home record last year, but I, there's there's an energy at St James's Park, and they yeah, it is it is incredible. I agree, complete smash and grab, um, but very difficult start to the campaign. They've got a very very good squad. The new additions are strong. It's a, I, I, I just see I see them being in the in the mix in a way that they weren't last year. Uh, and that, for me, is in the mix with Man City, Arsenal. We'll see where um, United, Newcastle, Chelsea, Spurs, those teams are, you know, yeah. I don't think they're in the title race, but I think they'll be in the, in the, towards the top for a while. And so we'll see kind of what teams kind of break away of that come, come Boxing Day. Um, but James, I think Liverpool are here to stay. They proved it before, and now I'm seeing some strong, strong stuff it's, out of them. It's a good time and day that we've chosen to record for you to double down on that. I, I, I will say that much. Yes. Um, to my, be fair, I had it. I had it written down yesterday. I as, oh oh okay. I was ready to change that though. Okay. At some point. Today. Right. Right. It was. <laughs> it was in the. It was in the draft. Yeah. No, Patrick. My brain is in a blender from this Newcastle Liverpool game because I don't know. I don't I don't remember when the first Nunez goal was, but like let's say 60 minutes in, and I'm thinking, is Patrick going to change this take? Like, is Liverpool even going to make the top four? And it's not like reaction to the red card or Trent's mistake. Like, these are things we know that are going to happen, especially with Trent. Um, but I look at their midfield. They didn't get the targets they wanted. I know people are super high on uh, Dominic S. and 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 McAllister. Uh, I don't know what to expect out of this Endo guy. He had a bit of a shaky debut. But when I looked at that team for the first 60 minutes, I was like, I see a little bit of the same issue I have with United right now, which is this is a small team. This team can just get bodied. Like there's Mm. no steel. There's no steel in midfield. There's no Fabinho or Henderson. Um, It's like how are they going to be able to cut through these teams when they have to show a little bit more grit? And then all of a sudden you bring, you bring your big striker on and um, he, he bangs in two goals in one of the most impressive uh, 10-man comebacks I think you'll ever see. Because you talk about St. James rocking. The mentality that you have to instill in a team, and that's why Klopp is one of the best to do it, um, 
it's crazy to say, let's still be ambitious in this raucous atmosphere, take the game to them. And, uh, you know, they took their chances. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely did. And I, I think for me, James, I hear you. That's a very good point. I think that they've just got so many game changers or people that can change a game. Uh, for going to be pedantic, trying to get ahead of some of our listeners here. Um, and I look at somebody like Trent. Uh, and honestly, you should have a go at it because, I, I, who was it, Drury on the call? He was saying Shabazz lie. It's not that far off from what we're saying. You know, he's got no clue what, how to say this thing. He's got two parts in his name that go SZ, two different parts. It is, you, you can't be expected to get this one right. Uh, McAllister, obviously, you know, you got Salah. I thought, isn't it always kind of cruel when there's a red card to a defender? I always feel like whoever was playing the best gets tanked off. I feel, I feel like Luis Diaz was playing yeah. better than Salah and Gakpo uh, at the time, but. You know, you just don't take you're not taking Salah off in the first half. Especially, especially not how he's been reacting lately. Yeah, you that might have tipped him over the edge. To Trent, window's still open, James. So tell him to bring out Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> uh, and then of course, yeah, Nunez, um, Jota off the bench. Um, I there's some part of me that just thinks Har- there's 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 a really really good player in Harvey Elliott. Uh, he had that nasty injury a couple years back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think mm-hmm. the kid could be real special. So I, see, I look at this team, and I just see so many people that can win you a game. And I hear you. They can get bodied, but I think that they're going to be the ones pushing forward and putting teams under pressure. Yeah, you got Nunez and Gakpo are probably the only people with any sort of size that could win a header in the box against some of these teams that are going to do the low block. Um, but in theory, your defenders, if they can stay on the pitch, uh, they've got good one-on-one defenders. Kanade is hurt. Van Dyke's on a red. So it's going to be a little dicey for a couple games. Mm-hmm. But if you look at them on the whole, they're they're as good as any team in the league. Uh, maybe save City. I think I'm Allison's best keeper in the league for me as well. So I just yeah. look at this team and I'm like, there, there is that hole, that Fabinho size hole that was in the middle of the park. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see how this kid does. Endo. Right. Endo versus Enzo. That'll be a good one. Got to wait. Got to wait a while for the for the rematch. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Three would have changed takes in the double down. Uh, Patrick, small matter of a prem bowl, prem bowl this weekend. Early Sunday. One. Early days. Oh no, it's uh, oh early in the season. I was just saying eight thirty. That's pretty generous. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was match week six last year at Old Trafford. Now it's match week four at the uh-huh. Emirates. Uh huh. Split the series last season. If it was the Champions League, United would have progressed on aggregate. But that's not important right now. What is important is the impending first clash of 23-24 at the Emirates. Why don't we do it this this way, Patrick? Because not even in a banter way. I I haven't sat and watched a full 90 of, of Arsenal yet. And mm-hmm. I'm actually curious to hear your take. Like, Why don't we do like a case for your team to win and a case against your team to win? And I can give you mine on United and then you can actually tell me something about Arsenal because all I've done is like seen highlights and looked at the lineups and I'm like why are they doing all these weird things to accommodate Havertz <laughs> so, yeah so, so, would, so maybe yeah you start yeah 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 um why Arsenal's gonna win they're not gonna do that stupid formation anymore not anymore <laughs> against this game people are saying it's to accommodate Havertz right. and I understand that what it is is to accommodate Zinchenko's injury the fact that we are playing teams where we expect to have possession and wanting to play an inverted fullback. And so Thomas Partey is acting as an inverted fullback on the right side. Urien Timber is 
uh, of course, injured uh, most likely for the for the season. And so that's where that's come from. We're not going to do that against Manchester United. I should hope, James, I should I should hope. Uh, but I think you're going to see, uh, I mean, Zinchenko's played in each of the last two games. He played more minutes against Fulham than he did against Palace. I expect Zinchenko uh, to put in, hopefully not a full 90, because if we have the lead, he'll give it up at the end of the game. So hopefully bring in Kiwi or somebody like that. Tamiyasu should be back from his suspension. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a normal back line. Uh, you might see a double pivot of Partey and Rice, which would really lock things down, I think, in the, I, in I, the middle. I imagine that's your best midfield. <laughs> Partey, right? Rice, Odegaard? Yeah, you'd yeah. think. Yeah, yeah you I think would there's, think. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a case to be made and, and you know, uh, that um, a single pivot with, well, I mean, Fabio Vieira, just put in the best performance he's, he's had as an Arsenal player. Interesting. Um, it, I mean, honestly, Jim, man of the match in the substitute performance against Fulham for me. Uh, but I think I Arsenal have played well. They haven't. They have asserted themselves. They have had the possession. They have looked threatening. That's the case for them to win. Uh, here's the case for them to lose, James. They still have that donkey in them. Some teams got that dog in them. Arsenal's got that donkey in them. Match week one against Nottingham Forest. Give up a very late goal that made a very mm-hmm. testy last 10 minutes. Match week two against Crystal Palace. Say what you will about it, but you still got you still got somebody sent off trying to see out a game. Match week three against Fulham. Uh, you give up just a stupid, stupid goal to start, which I think you can honestly somewhat attribute to the formation. Uh, you wouldn't expect to put somebody in two-on-one, 50 yards out with only one center back with like a simple... You'd expect to have two defenders back there at right. some point. It's you know it's all on soccer for me. But in any case, you give up that goal, you go up a man, uh, and then you concede a goal, uh, albeit on a set piece, but you still concede a goal at home to a 10-man Fulham. So in each one of these games, they've shown that they just, I don't I wish I had a better term than they showed they got that donkey in them, but that's what it is for me, James. <laughs> they just, they haven't shown that maturity where, I mean, what were City losing in like 80, 88th minute for like 90 seconds today? You're just like, yeah. oh man, there's too much time left in this game. You knew they were going to score. You, you, see what the le- yeah, like, you see what the level is when you, they just, when you watch They just kill yeah. games off. They know how to win. And it's just, just something that Arsenal's not, um, not at that level yet. And yeah, so that's, that's what worries minute. me. That, yeah, you're like, oh yeah, Sheffield. Sheffield scored too early, idiots. Yeah, yeah, no, they, yeah, they, yeah, they scored in the 85th, and Rodri scored in the 88th. Uh, just remarkable stuff in, in any right. case. But uh, yeah, and I think that you you have a a good enough team. Both games last year were bangers. Uh, even though I don't think United looked all that good, uh, I think the way Arsenal play allows United yeah. to play in a very very good version of mm-hmm. themselves. I think for you and me and every neutral, it would be nice if there's a bit of a rise to the occasion from both sides who don't look to be playing their best yet. Um, the know, Arsenal games have been bangers. I'll tell you that. They have been. Oh, like yeah. all your games. Yeah. They're, they've uh, been they've been relatively exciting. I think okay. The, I think Arsenal will be there. I, I, I mean, I lots, of, lots of ways to define exciting. I'd say all three of ours have been exciting. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I've enjoyed, <laughs> no, no, no. I've I enjoyed watching Arsenal each of the three okay. games all right. year. Okay. 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 Yeah. I take your point. All right. Um, I'm going to start with the against because I think it helps me end on a positive note. But <laughs> that, that, that kind of writes itself so far as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to start against and then maybe offer a few positives. Uh, Patrick, you know very well just from being 
victim of, of my of my text rants and in the group chat. But for all the Prem heads at home, I'm not very high on United right now. And I think a lot of pragmatists would say the same. You call it donkey. I'll, it looks like we're still in preseason. And that's that's the two Fs for me. That's focus and fitness. Um, the first game, Wolves was the better team. And they just sliced right through our, our new look midfield. The second game, you know what's funny is we could... there. There is a very reasonable reality, alternate reality, where we're coming into this game with nine points because I think Spurs deserve to win the, the game in match week two. But the ball could have bounced in a, in a totally different way in the first half. And um, there was a world where we, we, had, we had a decent victory against them. But once Spurs scored their first goal, we completely, like, heads dropped. It, it didn't turn into an embarrassment, and we played good enough to, like, not let it get significantly worse. But... Um, the second goal followed not too, not too long after when we, we looked, uh, kind of toothless. So whether it's fitness or focus, it just doesn't look like we've got our head fully wrapped around the new season. And the fact that we have six points from the first three great three games is, is honestly great. Um, I haven't seen a match with a functional attacking three. I don't know what that looks like. So we're about to find out against Arsenal. Um, hopefully, and then you've got the injury bug. Shaw is out. Varane could be out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have night sweats. You wake up in the dead of night thinking about Dalo uh, matched up against Saka. You know, it's going to be a bloodbath. So that is the concern. That's the concern. I hold out hope, honestly. On a, on a smaller note, Casemiro, who's United's most important player, seems to be trending in the right direction. And maybe he's going hit to his, hit his stride and in this fourth match from, from where he was in the first match to yesterday going into next week. Hopefully he can be that midfield anchor that wasn't present the last time we played at the Emirates. Uh, who's going to be next to him is, is a, is a story in of itself. But I think the most interesting to look, thing to look for Patrick is a striker that is not Marcus Rashford or Anthony Martial. Let's see what Hoyland does. I would love it if it's right from the start so we can get right into the way we want to play this is he, season. Is he fit? He wasn't even in the team this yeah. week. Yeah, but that, that was that was kind of the regimen. Like, he's already training with the team, mm. but he just didn't even want to... He thought Forrest would not even be a concern. So, so yeah, he wasn't on the bench. But, um, no, you're, I mean, to your point, I think he'll be a sub. I would love, yeah. to, I would love to see him start because you have a striker who's not a meme or a left winger playing striker, you know? Yeah, like I think that, best, that would be nice. Yeah, the best um, the best attribute that Marshall brings to the table these days is that he allows Rashford to play on the left. <laughs> yeah, that was a hell of a sixty minute cameo from our boy Marshall. Yeah. Marshall, every every United game, I'll still text Marshall FC stand up when he's in the yeah. starting lineup. But yeah, that I mean, is just yeah. You you want to believe? You want to believe? It is uh, in hope, not expectation. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So, um, but yeah, tell me a little bit more. Yeah, about this positive because you you mentioned you could have been on nine points. You also could have been on two. So what what are you what are you seeing that you like out of this team? That you think that they're going to come to the Emirates and get? What do you think they're going to get? Let's let's leave it there. What do you think you they would need to do to get three points, which they haven't done in since the the famous De Gea game? Yeah. Well, okay. So I mean. I don't know. I don't know what uh, the what you want me to say, but I'll go ahead and I'll 
<laughs> I'll go ahead and get my prediction out. This is this is a prove me wrong game. I've got I've got Arsenal winning two one. Like I know like it's not apropos for for me to bet against United, but this is a show me that you guys are ready to play these big games. So I don't think they're going to get the win this time around. But there's there's two different ways you can look at this Forest game. It was disaster you're not awake you're not really locked into this season or you can look at it as the positive comeback and ending on a good note mm-hmm. i think um if we had our best 11 and the games played out the ways they the way they did i'd still back us for a draw at the emirates but i think the fact of the matter is you talked about the potential of a rice and parte midfield if it's erickson next to casemiro who's looked unconvincing i think you guys are going to run circles around our midfield so it, it, it's, and then I mentioned Dalo matched up against Saka. It, it's hard to imagine a scenario unless it's a, uh, a smash and grab where we, where we get a result here, but positives. I think Bruno has been amazing. I think there's the Bruno you watch if you, if you watch Man United games and then there's the Bruno that's painted in, in media. I think he's been great. And then, like you said, the benefit to Martial being technically available is Rashford gets to play on the left. Those are our two game changers. So, right. Yeah, yeah. That's no, fair hope. enough. Fair enough. I, I, I agree with you. I think it's one of those. I think even at the, um, you know, you'll, you you might not disagree with this or might not agree with this, but I even think on kind of like open open field run of play, uh, Arsenal were probably the better team in each of the two matchups last year, but United at home, remarkably ruthless. United at away, very, very strong mm. in terms of their uh, their comeback ability and their fortitude. Not comeback ability, they scored yeah. first, but they came back and then they nearly, you know, held on in the end. It wasn't for yeah ridiculous goal by Nketiah. They would have gotten out of there with a point. So uh, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily agree. What I do agree, I don't know if if this was a point you were making. I think these are two teams that love playing at home, and the record shows that in this matchup it's a big benefit like United recent yeah. history, not good at the Emirates at all. Arsenal. I think it was the worst game you and I have ever watched. It was like the Obama young penalty smash and grab aside from that, like Arsenal traditionally not very good at old Trafford. So right. I, I, I weigh that heavily the reverse fixture last season. Yes. Ruthless on the counter. I think people forget Anthony's goal to open the scoring was like a 30 pass move from back to front to back to front. So like, let's not chalk it up as like, we we pulled uh, Celtic against Barca, like 2-1, you know. I, I think that game was um, maybe shading United, if not if not totally even. So that was just one point I got to get in there. Yeah, fair enough. You know, talk your shit. Um, <laughs> respectfully. Respectfully, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, the... the yeah, the, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see how it all, it all plays itself out, but I think there's a few things that got me kind of chomping at the bit like you mentioned with uh you know Saka in particular but I never I never go into a fixture with United feeling like it's like it's in the bag so yeah. I think it'll be I think it'll be a good game I'm a certain Arsenal will be up for it yeah uh, I hope United aren't from my perspective but I think this this fixture deserves these two teams going head to head and last year gave us a taste of hopefully some good things to come and kind of reigniting this this rivalry for more than just these two fan bases mm-hmm. so I'm I'm hopeful in that endeavor that we, you know, we can get back to saying this yeah. is the, the best rivalry in the league. It's now it's a funny thing. Like I'm worried for United f- about this game. I'm still not worried about us over the season. Cause I do think we just have a gear we haven't clicked into yet. And I'm just curious to see if maybe that comes at the Emirates. But again, it's a, it's an absolute prove it game for me. And I'm, sur- I'm, 
it's interesting to hear that, you know, I've only been able to watch highlights and seen these scores and you, you, you haven't won a game by more than one, right? No, but, no. but okay. No, it's interesting to hear that you, you think they're like doing well and, and fun to watch. So yeah, it's just, they're just, they're just dumb. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's all it comes down to, really, for me. Uh, and it's just, yeah, the, the I will say, James, if I see the same lineup that we just tried out against Fulham against Arsenal, my my confidence level will will tank. I think there won't. I be thought as that funny was a business. glitch. I thought that was a glitch. It was he went he went full Pep against Leon yeah. for that game. He's like, how many center midfielders can I get onto the field? Holy at one time? shit! Yeah, but no, I really think a lot of it was was. It, I don't think it's to accommodate. Havertz specifically, I think it is to play as many players who can break down what you expect to be a low block and and and, and all that. But yeah, uh, Thomas Partey against Marcus Rashford would be I, I, you, you'd take that all day over you know Dal and Saka. So uh, right, that better not be the call. I mean, Rashford even like had his way with Ben White last year uh, a little bit at the at the Emirates. So yeah, yeah Tell- hopefully they play him up top. <laughs> I'm going to leave that party joke that popped into my mind well out of this podcast. Anyway, <laughs> I'm excited. I'll always be excited. Like I said, there were two ways I looked at it going into this, into this segment of the podcast. I was like, I could be, I could hype myself up and be United Homer, or I can just call it like I see it. I'm still excited for the game. I hope they prove me wrong. Yeah, fair enough. Cool. Patrick, let's get into Seggies. Freak of the week. Prem de la Prem. Freak of Freak of the week. The freak of the week. The freak of the week. It's the freak of the week. Wow, what a freak. Do you want to kick us off? Yeah, James, sure. Why not? Um, so I know I said that referees, I lean. <laughs> we might have the same one. Yeah, I lean, I lean beast early in the season. Um <laughs> But the freak of all freaks is stolen the headlines yet again. My freak of the week is going to Mike Dean. Let's go, double freak. Yeah, this one, it was, James, uh, I'll tell you, I thought I, the reason, one, it doesn't really deserve the beast. There's, it just can't. But also, I was I was certain that you were going to have it as your freak. So I you can't to, beast it. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who are living under a rock and rely on Prem to Prem for your news, first of all, bad bet. Second of all, Let's fill you in. Mike Dean comes out because he's retired now and he's just, you know, not in the headlines, needs to say something. Um, it was a Spurs-Chelsea game, whether it was last year two years ago, I can't remember, but he says he didn't send Anthony Taylor over to the uh, the VAR booth. It was the incident where Romero pulled Cucurella's hair, if I'm remembering it correctly. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, that should be a pen or goal should be chalked off. I don't, again, the s- situation. It like led to a goal at the other end. It was right. a shambles. Whatever it would have been. Yeah. And it, right at the end of the game, he said he didn't want to send Anthony Taylor over uh, because he, he saw he had a, he had a great game. It was a tough environment. Um, so effectively he didn't want him to have to go make a difficult decision. And he closed it, James, with plus He's my mate. Yeah. Anthony Taylor is a mate. So uh, I didn't want him to get any more grief than he had already. Okay. It's like for all you on Twitter who have been really conspiratorial about the refereeing committee and biases and cronyism. Don't worry. Mike Dean's got you covered with this interview. It, it, yeah. And then of course the, uh, the FA or PGMOL or whatever comes out and says, 
we will never do preferential treatment. <laughs> like, didn't even address it. They just said, it's like, okay, so there is truly nothing we can do. We're just here for the ride. Uh, so love VAR, hate VAR. You all hate VAR, but I'm yeah. here to love it because guess what? It's theater, and that's really what we're after. <laughs> Uh, I do think I love the sub head. It wasn't the headline, but I love the subplot in the Mike Dean interview where he only did like one year. He retired as a ref, did one year of VAR refereeing. And then part of this interview was him saying how much right. it sucked because it um, just added another layer of, layer of complexity. He would hate to be in the referee of uh, in the ear of the main referee and uh, basically said everything that a lot of people feel about VAR. Yeah, it's and you wonder crazy. why, like, you're it's always crazy. like, why aren't they looking at that? He, I think he's just said he'd go into these games saying, I hope nothing happens, so I have to eat all oh over. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. it's too good. It's too good. But, hey, he is... Thriving. Um, he, is, he is the big... He's the big freak. The Mac Daddy of them all. Mike Dean. Good to see him again. I was Double. worried he'd disappear, but... No. No, he, he, stay, should, he, he stays should, relevant. Be a, he should be a manager for, like, a League Two side would be nice his acting career vis-a-vis ted lasso is already <laughs> taken off so that's oh, I forgot about that yeah oh, mike dean off the collar and just <laughs> going freestyle of what comes to mind it can only be good for for this podcast double freak on to beast of the week huge beast huge beast what a beast the beast of the week wow look at that beast patrick my beast of the week is sofian amrabat moroccan midfielder he is quite literally on a hunger strike waiting for a manchester united bid that's frankly <laughs> never coming <laughs> is he gonna be all right I, i'm concerned for his well-being he's doing the ultimate i'm not training i don't want anything to do with fiorentina United's going to come in their white horse and then sweep me off. And meanwhile, we're like, so how much are we getting for Dean Henderson? (laughs) (laughs) McGuire's just laughing all the way to the bank. Transfer window closes this Friday, folks. September 1st, this Friday. Um, I I just hope he's he's okay and continues to be okay. Yeah. Because he ain't ain't coming here. (laughs) (laughs) Hope he really makes good use of his time this fall. Get a get a NFL Sunday ticket subscription or something, and then although maybe I think um, I think what this generation of player power has shown us is that you can be as big of a dick towards your parent club as you want. If you're good enough, they will welcome you back with open arms. Yeah, a hundred percent doesn't matter. Like you see it on a smaller scale with I think is Nanto at Leeds. And he's like, fuck this club. I hate it. No one comes in for him. He's like, guys, uh, what I said last week, let's just <laughs> let's put it all behind us. And then you've got Mbappe at PSG is the other big scale example. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder. We're, didn't Real Madrid say that they were going to bid on the last day? Just give, <laughs> just, just give PSG like effectively an offer they can't refuse. But they're going to do it in such a belittling way. Oh, my God. It's going to be interesting to see what they actually do. It's so good. It's the two biggest um, entitled club FC, Real Madrid PSG. Got to be up there. Yeah. They're certainly in the... The uh, big dogs. In the first 11 for for the entitled club FC. James, for my beast, um, I wanted to read a quote. This one quote is 
from Maya Angelou. It says, Courage is the most important of the virtues because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. And my beast for this reason is going to Nuno Espirito Santo. He is a coach for one of the Saudi Arabian teams. I am under no responsibility to know the difference between these teams' names yet. The league has been around for a year. I'll figure it out in time. But he's the coach for one of those teams. He's the coach to wherever Benzema went. And Nuno has come out and said, I don't even want Benzema. He doesn't fit into my plans. Not going to play him. He also apparently refused Benzema's request uh, for an armband. First of all, Benzema coming into a new club and saying, give me the armband, is hilarious in its own right. Mm-hmm. Second of all, big flex from Nuno. And I have a, I have a feeling, uh, unfortunately, this is going to be the last time we ever hear him speak. <laughs> so um, for his courage speaking out uh, against an oppressive regime and Kareem Benzema, Nuno, you are my beast of the week. And oh, I hope as, I get to speak with you again. As coach of that football club, you thought you were in charge of those things? <laughs> Yeah. Do you know what, what you we're to say? <laughs> doesn't look like you really understand what we're doing over here, buddy. Yeah. It's just not it's not thinking. <laughs> it's just not thinking. Uh I, I would love an experiment in a theoretical world where a manager just benches Neymar. Mm-hmm. Like how long could that continue? Well, it depends on if Neymar is complicit and pretends that he has an injury or it's his sister's birthday party or something of the like. <laughs> I don't like that second one. He's missed every game on the day of his sister or the week of his sister's birthday party, his entire professional career. He's not. Oh, played. it's so good. It's yeah. so good. We'll have to do a thought piece on Neymar when he retires. But yeah, um, that's not exactly how it's run in Nuno. Although I think your Angelo quote is, is very apropos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Patrick. Uh, a lesser a lesser heard segment lately. Men of culture. We are the men of culture. Men of culture. Hombres de cultura. Ooh, that's cultural. I'm bringing this back because I uh, I picked up on a little lesser known story, and I'm calling it MLS Messi League Soccer. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about this uh, Messi down at Inter Miami. In all in all seriousness, I do think it's worth touching on this. Uh, it's funny, he's only actually played 30 minutes of actual MLS soccer because of debut. Like All of his games have been either these tournaments I didn't know existed, like the League's Cup or the Open Cup. Um, so he actually just got his first involvement in MLS football the other day. Um, it was the first game in which he didn't score, but he provided an assist. Every other game he's played, I think it's been like maybe nine or ten now, he's, he's scored at least once. Um, Inter-Miami, Patrick. This is a team that is... I can't even say was because there's only been one game, is languishing at second bottom of the Eastern Conference standings. Like I said, they haven't lost a match since Messi came in. Um, Patrick, Inter-Miami is second best odds to win the MLS Cup at plus 600. That's insane. They're just betting on if they get in, they'll make the run. Yeah. I'm looking, yeah. only, Only Cincinnati, the team with the best record in the whole league, has better odds. Uh, I think St. Louis, the team that's top of the Eastern standings, is like double the odds uh, to enter. I'm seeing this now. Yeah, they are presumably, yeah, there's a playoff series in which they need to get ninth place. And they are, I guess they have two games in hand, but they're 11 points off. And I think they play 30, do they play 34 games or 38? I'll check 
season ago. I they play thirty four. They have eleven games to go, and they're eleven points off. I mean, I do think they'll close that, right? Uh, because they're closing a mid table team with Messi, and they have not lost. But that is amazing. I love how mentality as a gambler shifts. Where I went to go find out what they were, and I was like, if they're plus a thousand something. Vegas are idiots. I'm all over this. Like, I'm the first one to discover this. What a great bet. At plus 600, I'm like, that's a rat line. Yeah. Who would ever, who would ever do that? That's just the reason that line is that, James, is because you got a whole bunch of donkeys betting on them to win the league. Yeah. Probably thinking that the cups that they were in is the league. Yeah, 100%. How many more of these do they have to win? Yeah. How many, (laughs) how many people tried to, um, yeah, they think they're in the finals. The open cup ticket after they won <laughs> the what is it, the league's cup or whatever it's yeah, called that yeah. they just did. What that, I'll bet it's it's not zero people, James. It's not zero. <laughs> what percentage of those bets placed were pure misinformation, like not <laughs> knowing what they were doing? I remember the time that I figured out that three way um, soccer lines were based on regulation. Found that mm. out during the the that ain't fun. The World Cup that yeah. ain't fun. I lost a eight-way parlay on the round of 16 on a single game. Argentina, Switzerland, where Argentina won an extra time. It's very upset, James. Woof. Um, okay, so jokes aside, I, I do think what Messi's doing is amazing because people forget, like, soccer's not basketball. Like, you can't build... You can't, you can't build super teams. The, the importance of one player to a team of 11 is not akin to, like, one player in a basketball team in a group of five. It, it should not have this level of weight. Um, but it does for Messi and it does in the MLS. It's crazy. It's absolutely bonkers. Uh, I guess, yeah, I'm trying to figure out exactly how many goals he's he's got, but it's more goals than games. And I can't imagine a world where he doesn't end his MLS career with that distinction. Right. Spot on. Well, James, I thought you were going here with your menaculture, so I'm going to go ahead and touch on it. Um, could have been a freak. Luis Rubiales, uh, F.A. <laughs> Uh, Spanish yeah, yes, Football yes. Federation uh, Presidente. Um, so, I didn't do this, so I can just say what happened. This idiot uh, just kisses on the mouth, Jenny Hermoso, uh, one of the Spanish team players. Then he is presumably, I don't know if he's going through this, but he says he's threatening to sue her over the lies she has mm. told about this kiss being consensual. Mm. Um didn't look consensual, James. There's a video of it. Uh, also, as our esteemed listener call Carmueller pointed out, uh, not a great coupling of events to have grabbed his genitalia right in front of the little princess of Spain uh, as well. So I think this guy was just on some sort of a coke rampage, really happy that the the team won and crossed a whole bunch of lines. Yeah. And I've never seen a double down like this since earlier in this episode. Uh, I was going to say, Patrick, this could have been, it's metaculture, it could have been a freak, it very well could have been a double down. Yeah. Because that's what he's doing in the most disgusting manner. And so everybody all over the world is, of course, uh, backing, uh, you know, Hermoso and the the Spanish women's team. The real shame of the matter is this team's just won the World Cup and no one's talking about that. That's the real shame of this. But everybody's coming out. The men's I'm players. Really gra- I'm really glad you brought that up. It's actually super frustrating. It's the World Cup. Yeah. The World Cup. Yeah, no, it's just uh, like this is the story now. Right. Um, and, it, and, and it probably always will be. It'll be, it'll be impossible uh, to, to separate these events, I think, for, for quite some time. Uh, and the Spanish FA, which if I were to guess whether they were corrupt and 
um, disgusting? I would have guessed yes. Uh, yes. But they're proving it here. Yes. Um, so much to the point where FIFA has come in and suspended uh, Mr. Rubiales. Good guy FIFA, FIFA. Good guy FIFA. Is the good guy here. Um, reminds me of earlier this week when the Saudis say they didn't want to sign Mason Greenwood because they were worried about their reputation. <laughs> There's just some things, James, that are... You know how they say truth is stranger than fiction? That is that is mm-hmm. what these couple of things are for me. So mm-hmm. um, Infantino coming in like, today, I feel like sexual assault is bad. <laughs> and we're like, thanks, dude. Uh, wasn't even like... And also, maybe another beast segment. They didn't even... Uh, he asked for security or police detail, and New Zealand was like, nah. <laughs> Good luck, dude. <laughs> Request denied. Do what you want. Um, but yeah. Oh, God. Unfortunate news, but dominating the, the football yeah. headline. I- the good thing is that everyone, it was like, I think 53 players um, of the, the Spanish women and coaches had, had you know, stepped down uh, from, you know, they're, they're, they brought this to the spotlight that unfortunately yeah. it deserves. Uh, I'm Remarkable he hasn't just resigned or the Spanish you gotta just action. you gotta just go I'm actually I'm waiting with bated breath for Rubiales to rope and effectively shame all of Spain into this by saying you outsiders just don't understand our culture yeah I'm kind of waiting for that one what's the uh what's the the, the guy that's in charge of uh the Super League Bartolomeu yeah Is that, yeah he's yeah. probably calling him for advice right now like hey man <laughs> I got myself into some situation. I need your help. And I'll bet real, she's helping. That's the I bet real she's helping. record scratch freeze frame. You're probably wondering how I ended up here. He's like, please, hold on. I'm going to bid $20 for Mbappe on Friday. I cannot be distracted. <laughs> oh, man. That is a that is a sad minute culture, but I'm glad you brought it up. Worth talking about. Mm-hmm. Congrats to the Spanish women as well. Yeah. It, um, hang on. Uh. Nope, it's gonna to take too long for the for the bit. Uh, va va a casa. It yep. it went it yeah it it went home. It's going it's going home. Oh yeah, they did dunk on England as well, didn't they? They did, unfortunately. That's just in a long line of England dunkings. Yeah, have been taken lately. Anyway, it'll be our day one day. Patrick, how about it? Another podcast in the books. Feels good to just get that muscle memory back as, mm-hmm. the, as the season continues on. And uh, hope, you all, hope you all get to listen to us again to sometime soon. What's going on, Premeds? As always, thank you for listening and following along. Please remember to rate and review us on whatever streaming platform you're listening on and spread the word far and wide about the benefits of being a Premhead. Mm-mm. Remember to follow us at Prem de la Prem Podcast on Instagram and at the Prem de la Prem on Twitter for all of our content. Until Until next time, Prem de la Prem, out. That might just be the one take right there. Right there. I might not even have to touch that.